Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. Mark 11, verse 1. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he, Jesus, sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the villages opposite you, and as you, excuse me, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which, this is a donkey now, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Uh, say, the Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. Can you imagine? Now, just go untie that person's donkey. You know, a colt hadn't even been ridden on. And if anybody says anything, just say the Lord has need of it. And it's exactly what happened. So, uh, you know, that would have been strange. You're untying, hey, what are you doing with my donkey? Uh, the Lord has need of it. Okay, go ahead. You know, strange, but this is a word of wisdom that Jesus gave. In other words, the power of God caused this word of wisdom to work out and come to pass. It's one of the uh, nine manifestations of the Spirit that Paul describes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay, verse 4, uh, verse 5, no, verse 6, uh, farther than I thought. And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. Then, verse 7, actually farther than that. Then they brought the colt to Jesus, and they threw their clothes on it, and he, Jesus, sat on it, the colt. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, listen to this, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This clearly from the Old Testament is a prophecy about the Messiah coming. And they're talking or singing and declaring this statement about him, saying, Hosanna, here's the Messiah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so this is, this is powerful that the crowd here is recognizing him and praising him as the Messiah. Verse 11, And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all the things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs. Interesting, it says it wasn't the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, so Jesus is now going to talk to a tree. Jesus said to this tree in response to coming and finding no fruit. He said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Think about that. The disciples are watching him talk to a tree. Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Well, 
when you realize that Jesus is the Son of God and he is God, and all things were made by him, according to John chapter 1, verse 3, well, Jesus spoke trees into existence. Isn't that true? So it's not odd for God to use his words to speak to things that he created with his words. And so let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And the disciples, his disciples heard it. Okay, verse 13 or verse 15. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Now, let me just tell you something right now. We read this and have read it so many times that we kind of think this is normal. But think, put yourself back in that day. Jesus is not in charge of the temple. He doesn't have any position to do this in their Jewish religious system. No. And he goes in there and starts turning tables over and, uh, you know, knocking over coin trays and things and stuff's going everywhere, animals and all these things that they were selling, jewelry or whatever they were doing to make money. And, and Jesus is not happy about it. And he is frustrated to the point that he's he's defending the house of his God, the house of his father. Now watch this. Then he taught, saying to them, he's going to explain, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. So he's quoting scripture and letting them know, here's why I'm doing this, because you're breaking the commandment of God by what you're doing here in the temple. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him. Jesus had such confidence and such clarity of the truth of God's word. He would speak and it would cut people to the heart and they would realize, man, what what he's saying is true. But why didn't we know that? Why They don't want to hear that, for one thing. But why, why is he coming across like he knows more? And why, did, why does he know more? Why does he understand more than we do? Why is he not caught up in all the same traditions that we are? So it says, they feared him because all the people were astonished at his teaching. The people realized, man, he's telling the truth. And they were astonished. Verse 19, when evening had come, he went out of the city. Now in the morning, oh, here it is. Here's the great faith teaching of Jesus. Now in the morning, as they pass by, and they're coming back from Bethany toward Jerusalem again. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. What fig tree? The one that Jesus cursed by saying, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. So they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Watch this. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. So so Peter said, Rabbi, look. And Jesus said, have faith in God. Now, it doesn't say whether Jesus looked or not. It just said that Peter said, look, and Jesus said, have faith. See, what's interesting is the Bible says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. It's almost as if, and of course it doesn't say whether Jesus looked or not, but it's almost as if 
the Bible is telling us, Jesus didn't have to look. He already knew what happened to that tree because he had faith that when he spoke those words, that tree was dying. It was dead. From the time he spoke, it was dead and it started withering away. Okay, so uh, Peter said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now watch this. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I believe that these next verses, especially verse 23 and 24, are maybe the best verses in the entire Bible about faith. This is Jesus teaching. Let's listen to him teach. He's, he's profound. Okay, Jesus said, have faith in God, verse 23. For assuredly, what does that mean? That means for sure. Why would you say assuredly? Because he's about to make a statement that's hard to believe. So Jesus said, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So see, Jesus had just cursed this fig tree and he had what he said. And now they're asking him, look at where the way he said, have faith in God. For assuredly, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, well, somebody said, well, he's not talking about a literal mountain. Well, that was a literal fig tree, wasn't it? See, and so Jesus is, uh, in fact, in Matthew, I believe he said, uh, if you will have faith, he said, you'll not only do what was done to the fig tree, but if you'll say to the mountain, be removed. Well, he, I mean, that, that to me, just sinks it up that he must have been talking about a literal mountain. But of course, it applies to mountains in our lives, things that are in the way, things that need to be removed. And so Jesus said, have faith in God, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, notice the words, whoever says, not thinks, not hopes, whoever says to this mountain. Notice he didn't say says to God about the mountain. Didn't ask God to move the mountain. No. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes. So notice the faith. Speaking and believing. Believing and speaking. Getting your faith and your words in alignment with one another and speaking words of faith. Whoever says to this mountain and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Oh, let me tell you, that's that sounds too good to be true, but it has to be true because Jesus said it. Well, he goes on in the 24th verse to say this, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Whatever things you ask, when you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them. So somebody said, well, I'll believe it when I see it. No, that's not going to work. We need to believe it when we pray. If whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. See, so Jesus is teaching us how faith works. Well, how do you get this kind of faith? Well, Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Aren't you glad we're in God's word today? So we need to hear the word of God and the teaching and preaching of the word. Okay, verse 25. He's not done yet. He said, and 
Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So Jesus is clearly saying, look, one thing that will hinder your faith is if you're trying to move mountains, so to speak, with your faith, but you have unforgiveness in your heart toward people. He said, well, now you're not in a position to receive from God because God's not going to be forgiving you if you're holding things against other people. You need to forgive them so that the forgiveness that God wants to give you can flow freely. And now you're in position for the power of God to be released. Okay. Verse 27. Then they came again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes and the elders came to him. And they said to him, by what authority are you doing these things? See, he just cleansed the temple the day before. Just turned all this over. So now they want to know, who do you think you are? By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority to do these things? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one question. Then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Answer me. So Jesus is so wise. And so he knows that if he answered their question and said, my authority comes from Father God, that they're not going to believe him. So Jesus, instead of answering the question, he asks them about John the Baptist because he knows if they don't believe John the Baptist was from God, they're not going to believe that I'm from God. So he says, the baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Answer me. And they reasoned among themselves. Listen to the way they think. They weren't really trying to give an honest response. They were worried about the people's opinions. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, they feared the people, for all counted him, or John, to, be, to have been a prophet. Indeed, and of course he was. So they answered and said to Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus answered and said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. <laughs> Jesus was tough. Let me tell you, he wasn't mean, but he was no pushover. And let me tell you, he knew that if you don't believe that John was from heaven, you're not going to believe that I'm from heaven. So I'm not answering your question until you tell me that you believe John's baptism and his ministry was from heaven then I'm not going to try to make the case that mine's from heaven. Well, praise God. That was a powerful little chapter, wasn't it? I enjoyed that. I look forward to tomorrow, Mark chapter 12. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.